And welcome to another episode of the Guys with Feelings podcast, where two guys discuss the ideas, influences, epiphanies, and yes, the feelings that make them better men. My name is Jamie Yee. And I'm Gabe Rose. And uh, boy, do we have a special episode <laughs> for you all today. Boy, do uh, we. For several reasons. Um, the first and maybe most obvious one, if you've been a Guys with Feelings listener, is uh, where the hell have we been? We've been gone. For like a year. We've been gone for um, a long time. So return apps episode after a long hiatus. What's the deal with that? We'll get into it. Stay tuned. <laughs> Second reason this is a special episode is that I believe it's our first ever international episode of Guy Feelings. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm in Mexico right now. Yes, another whole nother country. Um, <laughs> and yet somehow with the magic of technology, we are still recording this podcast. Um and last but not least, we have not talked, forget on the podcast, we just haven't even talked really special news, real life other than like WhatsApp in like, I don't know, two or three yeah. months. Um, so we keep talking about catching up and then we decided, you know, let's actually catch up and just record it for a podcast. So yes. you all get to <laughs> listen in and find out what's yeah. going on. This is actually the first time me and Gabe have, have talked uh, voice to voice in like over two months, so... I'm excited. I'm super stoked to just hear what's been going on and, and to dive in. And, and I missed you, man. This is great. Yeah. Yeah, likewise. I'm glad we finally, finally made it happen. Yes. Um, awesome. Well, let's start with point number one. Where the hell have we been? What happened to guys with feelings? Jamin, you have thoughts, and I oh, think it would, be, it would be great for you to lay them out. Okay. All right. Let me try to trace back our steps. Uh, I think our last episode was, was almost exactly a year ago. And in that, we talked about the non-dual uh, spiritual retreat that I went to in India, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think in that episode, you guys can check out that episode if you want some more details. I'm, I'm not, I won't rehash everything. But uh, long story short, I came out of that retreat, um, changed. <laughs> and unlike most retreats I've been to in my life, um, it wasn't like a short temporary change. I mean, there were, there were some things like, you know, I was like in this incredible state of peace and my mind was super quiet. Like when I came back and, and that faded away <laughs> after a few weeks as, as these things usually do. But one thing hasn't changed and, uh, and that's directly responsible for why we didn't have any episodes, uh, for a year. Um, Shall I continue? <laughs> yeah, tell us. Are you on the edge of your seat? Are you not entertained? <laughs> um, yeah, so basically, um, you know, not, not the exploration of non-duality is, oh boy, man, it's so hard to talk about. But um, Once again, see you last episode. Yeah, see last episode. Maybe but, failed. But I, I will just say, uh, um, you do, you know, tons and tons of meditative inquiry to uh, end up having a kind of a shift in identity instead of just seeing yourself as Jamin, this character and with this whole long life story, yada, yada, yada. Um, you also see that you are this space in which all experience is coming and going. Um, and that may sound woo-woo, that may sound really out there, but um, in actuality, it's actually like very simple, very clear, very direct. Uh, and once you see it, you can't really unsee it. Um, and for me, that seeing that and realizing, you know, um, that truth about myself, and that's true for all of us as well, uh, it just made me realize that unironically, you know, I walked out of there being like, wow, like, it's just so clear to me that I'm whole and complete and I lack nothing. And, um, and yeah, and with that perspective, I came back from the retreat and, you know, before I left for the retreat, I was, man, I think I was at like my peak of like just doing so much. I was, I remember just running a mile a minute, juggling so many different projects and writing blog posts and doing podcasts and making videos and um, just having not even a second to like think or breathe. And, um, and I was, you know, I was kind of getting off on that high of just like, do, 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 more, 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 go, 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 go. And when I came back from two weeks in India, which 
uh, was, you know, it was a very peaceful retreat experience. And also it came back with this kind of fulfillment, I guess, or realizing that um, I wasn't lacking anything. It just like all that activity I was doing just made no sense. It just seemed silly. <laughs> it was like, why am I doing so damn much, you know? Well, so talk about that more because, you know, one reason to do all these things is because they're fun. You enjoy them, right? It's podcasts, blogging. So like, so talk about like what, I don't know, what shifted for you? Did you realize that those things actually weren't fun or did you realize you were doing them for reasons other than they were fun? Like, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So I had convinced myself, I think in my head, I was like, no, I'm, I'm doing this for fun or honestly, I think more accurately there was I mean, always, I mean this, it's like podcasts, blog posts, like all yeah, your different, like random, not like work things. per se, but just like random creative projects, yeah, random just to like put projects. yourself out there. But just in general, like my entire life, I've just been this relentless achiever. Like I've just always been constantly having to like do, create, achieve, like kind of get to the next level of something, whether it's filmmaking or making it as a digital nomad or building my own business or whatever. Um, I was just always, I was just obsessed. And I think a lot of times in maybe an unhealthy way with like doing and achieving and getting to that next level. Um, and it just always felt like something that was just inherent to me. It, if I wasn't doing that stuff, if I was like, oh, you know what? I want to take a chill. I want to like be kind to myself and take it easy. I could do that for a little bit. And then this immense guilt will come in as if I'm like, you know, I'm shirking some, some like wasting time duty. Yeah, exactly. Like something I, I need to do. Um, and, and yeah, I guess I kind of realized when I came back from the retreat that, you know, I was doing a lot of this stuff for fun, but I think that was only like 50% of why I was doing it. And it became clear, like, you know, if I was doing it for fun, like I feel like it wouldn't have this manic quality to it. You know, I'd be like, oh, I feel like writing a blog post. Cool. Oh, I feel like doing this. Or if I felt like watching Netflix, I would be able to watch that without any guilt, you know, that I should be doing something else. But there was definitely this, this huge pressure and driving force and a lot of heaviness and weight. I'm like, I'm supposed to be doing these things. I need to excel. I need to make it. I need to achieve success. Like even with this podcast or the blog, you know, I've been making, it's like, I need to take that to the next level. Like we need more listeners. We need more, you know, viewers, whatever. Um, and yeah, so 50% of it was because I enjoy doing those things for real. They bring me joy. Um, <laughs> but there's definitely another 50% that was from that achieving part of me, you know, that, 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 that felt like it needed to succeed and needed more follows and more likes and, uh, more validation. And that's the part that, you know, when I came back and I was like, and I felt, felt this feeling of kind of fulfillment and, and completeness and wholeness. Um, that's the part that just didn't make any sense. You know, yeah. the enjoyment that was, that's totally cool. But, but that 50% part where I'm just, man, just pushing myself so hard balls to the wall you know, in a body that's already struggling with chronic health issues. Like this was not easy on me and all for what to, yeah. to, to get some more merits, to, to get a bigger audience, to, to be yeah. more a bigger online brand or something. Yeah. Yeah. It just felt, it just felt silly, man. So like, what's your, like, so when you're, so you're in this totally different headspace now, like what's your, signifier or your filter or your algorithm or whatever to tell whether like oh i'm doing this from a place of fun or i'm doing this from a place of like ego or or some other sort of achiever part or like some other you know um some other reason that's not sort of about your true self and what you really want yeah because i feel like those things are like usually intermixed it's not like so simple it's like oh it's one or the other so like how do you actually over the last year or so as you've been sort of entering this with a different framework like how do you sort of tell yeah i think for me it's pretty easy and, and again i think it's actually helps that <laughs> i've been struggling with chronic health issues because there's only so far i can push my body before i'll get sick or before it just drains me completely and i find that that 
that was a really easy barometer to tell. Like, if I'm doing something for the joy of it and for the fun of it, and like you said, it, it, there's never like a 100%, right? Like, there's never like, oh, I'm 100% doing this for the joy. Like, there's always maybe some indiscernible mix. But if I'm doing it mostly for what I would call the right reasons and for the enjoyment of it and for it to, f to bring me pleasure and um, light me up in that moment, it, it would bring me more energy. It would bring me more life. And if it was the opposite, if I was doing it, I would say more for like egoic reasons because I wanted you know more people to validate me or think I'm cool. Um, Or even even things were like you know like or I want to make this uh, I don't know make my make this blog post so that maybe in the future I could get like you know do more work where I'm helping people like even if I'm doing something where I'm, I'm kind of like using that creative um, using creativity as a means to an end as a means to like get somewhere in the future all of that stuff would have the opposite effect it would feel draining. It would feel exhausting. It would, um, yeah, it just make me feel like bleh, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so what you're saying is we are here and now ending our quest to turn guys with feelings into a behemoth with 10 million <laughs> listeners. I know. We were right it's, on the tipping point. But oh, I just, we so had to close. We had to reject all the Audible sponsorships. Oh, and, man. Uh, India. India, you've done it again. <laughs> just turn it all down. Taking people just on the doorstep of just massive fame and success. And just, <laughs> just sent us down a different path. Yes, exactly. Um, okay, well, then that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. And I've got to say, man, it's been it's been really fucking excellent. Yeah. Uh, so have you so like the last year have you been sort of creating at all? Like and and there's been some slice of creativity that's felt sort of organic and and just pure sort of joy to you or have you been have you just been on a total hiatus? Um I've mainly been kind of on a total hiatus. I mean, so okay. I'm always going to be me and I think just inherently coded into this body and mind is I'm always going to be wanting to like continue learning and growing and expanding in the stuff that I'm excited about. Right. But I definitely take a hiatus from creative stuff. because that's always just been tied to so much of that, you know, that other 50% that <laughs> stresses me out. It was just like, I need a break, a clean break from all of that. And, um, and I found myself just like throwing myself more into fully into my health journey, which I'm like, man, I probably should have been doing that <laughs> years ago. Like just allow myself to rest, allow myself to take it easy, take it slow. Like it felt like a huge lesson in self-compassion and, and in kindness. And, and man, it was so relieving to like, let go of that, that guilty voice part of me. That's like, no, you should be doing more. You should be doing this. Like, to fully let go of that and to be like, no, it's like, if I want to watch Netflix or if I just want to read a book, that's, that's more than just, okay. That's actually healing. That's actually allowing my body to like recuperate and get, get what it needs and to lower cortisol levels and not stress so much. Um, so in a lot of ways, like this past year has probably been one of the most peaceful and healing and stress-free years I, in my adult life. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Sounds great. It was pretty cool. I mean, think, I think that's like a good segue to like, how did you wind up in Mexico? <laughs> Where you've been since, I don't know, like Thanksgiving, November? Is You're like three months in now? Yeah, yeah. From the end of November. So I've been here about three months. And yeah, so I'm recording this live from Puerto Escondido, Oaxaca in Mexico. Um, and yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's also another long story. I'll, I'll probably get into some other blog posts or podcasts in more detail. But um, part of that healing journey has just been, um, has really been like kind of aligning myself more with the sun and nature. Um, I've got thyroid issues and it's actually been incredibly helpful for my metabolism and my thyroid to be in warmer, sunnier, 
uh, climates, uh, which I had to like artificially recreate in San Francisco, which is always kind of chilly and dark. And He's dancing. chosen to live in a not warm. <laughs> I know, man. I know. Um, in, a, in an expensive, not warm, yeah, <laughs> sunny place. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like I would have to use heat lamps and even like tanning salons, and would just try to spend as much of my time outside as possible, um, just to like. Yeah, soak in that sun, align my body with the circadian rhythm, like just so many benefits that I didn't even realize my body needed. And um, and actually over the summer when things were warmer and hotter, I started to like, my energy really like shot through the roof and um, I started to I feel like I was like thriving. And then as winter came, my energy just like plummeted again. Um, mm. And actually a big factor for that, Gabe, was when I came to visit you, uh, and was it maybe September mm-hmm. I stayed with you and Sarah? Um, yeah. and it was super hot in LA at the time. And my energy was like so great when I, when I was in LA and I, and when I came back to SF, I could feel the shift from the hot weather, sunny weather to cold instantly. And my body like instantly dropped into like this hypothyroid kind of fatigued and depressed state. And I was like, Oh, okay. Winter is going to be tough. <laughs> So, yeah, it just, I was like, you know, I'm, I, I really kind of want to try living somewhere warm and sunny for the winter and just as a health experiment, just see what happens. And um, it just so happened that one of my former uh, community housemates, actually someone who started the house I live in, she's been traveling for the last few years. And she's like, you know what? I actually want to come back to the house like from December to February. And I was like, I actually want to leave the house from December to February. So, it was perfect. She literally just like moved into my room, sublighted for me, and I took off. It was just so easy. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Worked out perfectly. Yeah. Totally. Um, and so what's the... So three questions. A, how has the impact on your health been? Have you sort of gotten what you were... And, and for anyone that doesn't know, you work, you, you work remotely, so you can do yes. your work from anywhere, which is like part of what lets you be so mobile. Um, but so like, A, what's the impact on your health been? Um, and then B, outside of health stuff, like what's been the most awesome part of being there the last three months? And then what's been the least awesome part? Good questions, Gabe. Um, I think, yeah, I think I'm just going to have to answer that as just one long thing. Cause they're just so intertwined. Mm. I will say Puerto Escondido, if you guys don't know, it's like this kind of uh, small to mid-sized beach town um, in Oaxaca, so like further down south and west in Mexico. And um, I mean, it's gorgeous out here. It's just picturesque beaches. The water is almost like perfect. It's like warm. Um, Every day, like it's just like 80 degrees, (laughs) you know, in the mid of December. And Every day you're like going out to the beach and people are just chilling. Lots of people are in kind of travel mode or vacation mode. So it's a very like stress-free, like a very social, uh, relaxed kind of environment. Like you just don't see people here like super stressed out about work or being type A or whatever. Um, And, you know, just catching sunsets with your friends every evening. Like all that has been really wonderful about being here. Um, but went solo, right? You didn't, I went you didn't solo. Know anyone yeah, I just showed up, and it's fairly easy to meet people here. Um, but it was also like, and you know, I always say this to people when they t- when they ask me about digital nomad stuff. But like the travel lifestyle, the digital nomad lifestyle, like it is not like the perfect, you know, like just laptops working on beaches that you see on Instagram lifestyle. You know, it's just like any life. It has its ups and downs, the parts that are shitty. And, um, and yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. My first two months here were pretty hard. Um, my, I think almost immediately, like in my first week of getting here, I got food poisoning. <laughs> God. And, you know, like my body is already like dealing with stuff. So I felt like it took me like a week or two to like really recover. It like really, it felt like it knocked me back like a month. Like it took me like a while to like get back to like normal um, and then the place that the Airbnb I rented for the first month, like it looked great in photos. And when you get there, like 
it was like in some sort of heat sink or something. And like, I literally like could not sleep because I was just sweating so much with two fans on me pointed at my body. I was just lying there like, and I'm just like sweating, waking up every 30 minutes. And then when I finally passed out, the neighborhood dogs would just start barking like right outside my window (laughs) and roosters would start crowing. Like you think roosters crow only in the morning. It's like, no, 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 no. They'll go all night long. And well, hawk and like, roosters, yeah. a whole different story. <laughs> it was, it was nuts. Um, and it was like, it's kind of wild living too. You know, it's a little, it's more like, it reminds me of living in Kauai where you're not so separated from nature. So, you know, I'd walk into my bathroom and almost step on a scorpion or there'd be like geckos just like running through and pooping <laughs> like in your house and all sorts of insects and creatures. Um, and you know, I'm a city boy. I'm, I've always been kind of a city boy, so that's always a bit of an adjustment for me. Um, and, you know, I'll also say, like, one of the downsides, I think, or one of the things that's hard about digital nomad lifestyles for me is um, people are so transient. You know, if you hang out with a lot of digital nomads, everyone is only in places for a month, a few weeks, maybe a few months at most, and then they're off to the next destination. And, you know, I've spent the last four years in San Francisco because of community. Like community has become like the most, one of the most important things in my life. And to be back in a place where I'm meeting all these people and every week or so you're just saying bye to people and new people are coming in. And I'm just not super into that anymore these days. Yeah. Yeah, It's like 10 years ago. That was like awesome and so fun and like high excitement. Yeah. Yeah. 20 year old Jamie loved that. Backpackaging, I yeah. love that. And now I just found it really frustrating. And, um, and yeah, you know, and I, and I have to say, I, I did miss the Bay Area community a lot. Like, sure. Bay Area community is, is, you know, stereotyped and known for being touchy-feely and hippie and a lot of burners, Burning Man folks there, you know. Um, and I didn't, I don't know, I didn't, like, think about that too much. But then when I got to Puerto, like... I just noticed very quickly. I was like, oh yeah, like it's just not, I'm not, I don't meet very many people who like talk about their feelings like so openly or, if you only know. they had a podcast that could help them. <laughs> right. do that. Um, I did tell someone I did a podcast called Guys with Feelings and he just gave me a weird look. <laughs> I think I offended. <laughs> I triggered him. <laughs> what feelings? What is that? <laughs> we'll, add a, we'll add a trigger warning to the beginning yeah, of the pod. Totally. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, it did kind of, yeah, it was a bit of a bummer to, yeah, to just be, um, in a culture where there, I felt like there wasn't much community or it was so transient and a lot of people who are coming to like a vacation area or a travel destination, um, are kind of there to like party and drink and, uh, stay up late night, you know, salsa dancing or whatever. And like, that's just not the mode I was in. Like I was here first and foremost to work on my health. And that also meant, you know, going to bed at like 10 PM. So like I didn't. Yeah. So it was just, it was, it was, it was a bit challenging. I felt like I was kind of at odds with um, how the lifestyle here kind of was, you know? And so that was, so is that sort of still how it is or have you like done things over the last few months that change, adapt um, to try to have like a different experience? Yeah, so it's kind of interesting, but um, I always find it like interesting when someone's like, "Oh, how did you like your time?" and "How did you how did you like Colombia?" or "How did you like New York?" or whatever. Um, and it's hard for me to answer because I can tell you about my what how I liked my time in these different countries or places, but I, I recognize that it's so hard to separate that from like just where I was internally at the time, and. And I think I'm I'm kind of seeing that here as well. Like my first two months were kind of difficult. I found it a bit hard to connect with people. I felt like I was constantly like, ah, this isn't the depth. This isn't quite what I'm looking for. And it's a little frustrating. Um, But I'm in the same place. And in the last maybe two weeks, last two or three weeks, that's all like kind of shifted for me. Mm. And Honestly, the biggest change is like I moved out of that fucking <laughs> apartment yeah. 
into a place that I'm like super happy with. Although that place did, I found some mold in my room when I first moved in and I got deathly sick for the second time. Um, so that was my month of January, um, recovering from that. But February, things have been actually good. And I feel like my body's been able to like stabilize and then, and then go past stabilizing, like has actually been like thriving. Um, and especially in the last week or two, like I've, I've been making some huge strides in my sleep issues and, um, I mean, yeah, we can go into this later, but I've been experimenting with something called sleep restriction to fix your insomnia, which is brutal, but it's been working. <laughs> yeah. Two words that you normally don't want sleep to Sleep restriction, together. right. Especially when you're already like barely averaging five to six hours a night. I had to like force my body to sleep even less than that to fix my insomnia, which is crazy, but it's been working. And I've just been feeling like, I don't know, like as my internals have shifted, I'm noticing like my way of approaching life and people is just opening up and it's not like things are that much different here. I, I would still say it's, you know, more of a little party environment and there's not as many people who are into ecstatic dance and cuddle puddles and <laughs> talking about their feelings. And yet I'm not like holding it against them. Like I was when I was first here and, and in a pretty bad place health wise, you know, like I'm not, I'm not fixated on that. And there, there feels like there's like this openness now and this like there's enough space for me to like appreciate what I do love about these people. And they're different qualities that I was not seeing because I was so fixated on how they weren't measuring up maybe to my previous, uh, to the community I, I have back in San Francisco. So and I, yeah, I, I guess it has a happy ending. My last few weeks here have just been wonderful. Like I've really, with my newfound energy, ironically, I've been just diving back into creative work. Um, I mean, we're recording this podcast right now. I wrote a blog post uh, a few days ago and I've just been feeling all this surge of energy to like, yeah, just dive into a whole bunch of self-growth things, learning Qigong, like just upgrading this, you know, this Jamin character. And it's been exhilarating and it's been fun. And it's also happening without that, heaviness of you know how i was doing things before without that that negative 50 percent i was talking about mm -hmm. um and i'm just like yeah i just i just feel so <laughs> i feel really great right now yeah and really excited i, I can tell i've i've there have been so many times in my life where i've like been on the precipice of a like, transition and becoming like jamin 2.0 3.0 4.0 you know, and, and I can, I can tell that I'm, I'm at that point again, there's like a, whatever version I'm on eight, eight or 9.0, I don't know, but the, the OS is being upgraded and it's such an, it's, that's like just one of my favorite joys in life. And it's so fun to have that happening, not just, you know, with hobbies and skills, but also just with my health. It feels like, okay, we're finally shifting like some of these bigger impermutable like issues. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, and I've just been spending, you know, my days doing diving into all these things I'm excited about, like getting into having a bunch of energy playing volleyball. I mean, getting into volleyball, volleyball of all yeah. things, every, That's... almost every day, like there's a crew who will we'll all just meet at like five o'clock at one of the nets on the beach. And we'll just like play. And we've even like, we're starting to take it more seriously. Like we're starting to do drills and stuff. It's, it's so much fun. And then, um, uh, I'm trying to yeah. think of the last time I saw you play a sport. Yeah, I don't type. think I don't or watch a sport time. of any type. I don't know the last time I played a sport. I and I've just been like having so much fun with it. So, in a nutshell, um, I think I'm I'm really enjoying Puerto Escondido now. Right as I'm about to leave, like you know, I just have like two weeks left. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and yeah, and I think if you asked me like a week or two ago if I'd come back, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. I think if you asked me now. I'd be like, yeah, probably. So yeah. that's that. That's great. It's great to hear. It's, it sounds like sort of getting your body physiologically a little better, which, you know, necessitated in part less roosters, less mold, <laughs> less geckos, <laughs> more than two hours of sleep a night, um, allowed you to just have like a totally different outlook, which just allowed you to like engage with the world around you there and enjoy it in a totally different totally. way. And also just continuing to discover, you know, new things that, that are unlocking, like some issues I have and stuff. Um, yeah. And it, 
you know, that just reminds me, like, I feel like I just keep learning this lesson over and over again, but I, I feel like our, like our physiology, our, our, our health of this body, you know, like it really dictates so much of like how we process and parse the world and how we walk through it. Like, I think everyone knows that to some degree, but I, I'm really learning on just like deeper and deeper levels. Like, oh shit, I, this to me almost feels like everything. Yeah. Um, I almost wonder with so many people in the, that are all like doing self-help and, and trying to figure all these things out, like, which, you know, and go to therapy and all that stuff is, is necessary and helpful. But I also wonder if there's like, there may be like some big, big shift that may need to happen like health wise or physically, you know, that, um, yeah, that could totally change where they're coming from. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's something that's true in general it feels like it's more true for you than most people because of like how like intense sort of your um your like energy downs can be and have been for a while but yeah i mean i i feel like i totally learned that from you and now like i don't have the same sort of intensity in terms of um like low energy states that drag me into low moods that you cuz i like without the hypothyroidism but like i now like all the time when i'm just in like a randomly shitty mood I'm like, wait, am I just in this shitty mood because I'm tired? And like, not always, but often the answer is yes. And <laughs> or just angry. Like, yeah, yeah, right. And it's just like, I just wouldn't even have asked that question before. I would just be like, oh, I'm just in a shitty mood because the world sucks or life sucks or bad things are happening to me or whatever. And just like, just like sort of seeing through your life and your journey, the really strong connection there between physical and then just like mental outlook has been super helpful for me. Totally. Yeah. But speaking of journeys, uh, man, that was not the best transition. Segway. Um, it sounds like you've been undergoing a pretty epic, exciting, and big journey of your own. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I, I, exciting for sure. I don't know about epic, but, but uh, <laughs> I would call I it pretty epic. I would definitely call it pretty epic. Depends. Um, but, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about what's been going on in your life lately. <laughs> yeah, so I, um, as some folks might know, uh, Sarah and I are expecting our first kid in a few yes. months, three months from now, which we're very excited about. <laughs> um, it was a, I think we would have been, of course, very excited no matter what, but I think we're extra excited because it's been a very long journey to get here. Um we were probably trying to have a kid for like two and a half years, I would say, before it happened. And, um, you know, you have all these like doctors with all these charts and stats that like, oh, if it doesn't happen in the first year, it's probably not going to happen without like medical intervention. And Sarah really didn't want to do medical intervention. So we've sort of been stuck in this place for a while. Um, and I was also like not super eager to do medical intervention either. Um so you've just been stuck in this place for a while, which I think a lot of couples are familiar with. Where you're just like trying over and over again every month and it becomes this really, I mean, I won't go into the whole thing, but it's just, it's a really hard thing to go through. Um, and I have so much more empathy for anyone going through it now. Obviously, after I've been going through it myself, it's a really, it can be pretty brutal if it's something you really, really want and you have no control and you just like every month are just like rolling the dice and just, it has to come up whatever green or, or whatever color you want to use. Um, and the sort of cycles of, of hope and disappointment, like over and over every month, it just like, it was rough. Um, so we had hit the point like this fall, where we were like, you know what, if it doesn't happen like this month, we're like going to start going down. Like we'd seen like a reproductive endocrinologist a few times just to do some testing. We're like, okay, we're going to really start going down that road if it doesn't happen. And literally that was the month that happened. <laughs> <laughs> which is so crazy i just truly so wild yeah yeah it's the sort of thing that just like yeah feels like how could that possibly be a coincidence right wow. um so yeah it's been awesome we've been just really really excited i mean i'd say the first two or three months were actually not that awesome because i was just okay like, I, I think i had this vision of how it would go which is just like you find out you're pregnant and then you're just so happy and that's it. And you're just so happy because we'd been so sad about not having it. So 
I was like, oh, I just imagined it would be the opposite of that. Um, which I think was a reasonable assumption, but yeah. as it turned out, <laughs> I would say the first two or three months were just defined mostly by anxiety. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that something would go wrong. Um, because I just, I realized going through that and just like having it show up so intensely for like week after week after week was just like the, I don't know if like trauma is exactly the right word or not, but I'm just going to use it. Like this sort of like trauma of just like wanting it for so long, keep having it not happen. It just like built up this muscle memory inside me of like, Oh, it's just not going to happen, which was not like an intellectual, but it was just like something in my body just like, sort of didn't believe it would happen for us. Or just, you start to feel like you're just sort of, again, not like cursed, but just, I don't know. Somehow you just feel like it's just not, you're so used to negative outcomes. You just keep expecting a negative outcome. Right. And so, and you know, everyone says, Oh, like the first trimester is the most, like if you're going to miscarry, that's, you know, far and away the most likely time. So basically the whole first trimester, I was just like freaked out. <laughs> Man, I <laughs> yeah. can't even imagine. That sounds stressful. Yeah. yeah. Just like, cause you finally have this thing that you wanted for years and years. <laughs> and it's like, don't fuck it up. But like, oh. you can't do anything to not fuck right. it up. It's not like right. there's like some, you know, medicine you could take or something that's or like exercise regime or anything you can take right. prenatal, but you know, there's like these basic things you can do. And then it's just like, okay, you just, once again, like always at the whims of the universe. So, um, I'll say it felt really good to get out of, and the first trimester, it's, it's not obviously anything hard and fast as in terms of like risk ends after that point. Of course it doesn't, but, um, but so I can still feel that anxiety part a little present for me, but over the last, we're now like right at the end of the second trimester. And like, so like the last three months, there's been this wonderfully pleasant shift from anxiety to joy and excitement. Nice. Um, as I, as like this different muscle memory has built up in me of like, Oh, like things are going right. Things keep going right. So I start to like expect things to go right. So, um, nice. so yeah, it's been great, man. We, we really like are so happy and really excited and, I, yeah it's wild oh i'm so happy for you guys <laughs> it's just yeah thank you yeah but i i yeah i can imagine that must have i must have be pretty like anxiety inducing um and to not have any control i guess or to feel that you yeah it's you're you're kind of up to the whims of, of the universe um it's just yeah it must be pretty scary how after the first trimester, or I guess maybe even just throughout the whole experience, what have you guys noticed has maybe shifted in your life and, and maybe even between the two of you? Yeah, um, I'd say a few things. I mean, one, I'll just say some things about like the process overall that was different maybe than what I expected. Mm -hmm. I would say like the process of pregnancy, like going through it now, it's it's a weird thing because it's something that like a bajillion people are going through all the time and it feels so common. But then when it's like your partner going through it, it's so different. <laughs> just like maybe obvious, but it's just weird. It's it's something that's so common. You just feel like, oh, of course, like someone's pregnant. It's not a big deal. But then when it's you, or at least I'll speak in first person, it was like us. All of a sudden, it's like this mat. You see like the magic of it in this like amazing way and you see what's hard about it like up close and so um i would say it's been like much more magical just the process of pregnancy than i imagined it would be and um and it's been harder than i thought it would be both at the same time yeah uh, could you could you give some some maybe examples like i'm so curious what you mean um especially yeah like when you're talking about magical what does that mean yeah, um, just like every day being with Sarah and looking at her and being like, there is another human inside that human. Like, it's just, it just truly doesn't seem possible sometimes. <laughs> like, if you just sit there, you're like, you mean to tell me? <laughs> it just, I don't know. It. I don't know if I can say it any better than that. It just truly doesn't seem possible. And it, yeah. like... To have it be like, there's like two cells that just then divided <laughs> a 
bajillion times. It's just, and really, and that becomes a human. Like it just, um, it's really awe-inspiring. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, and in what ways, like when you're talking about the harder aspects, is there anything that kind of pops out at you? Yeah, it's just, you know, and I'd heard people say this, but I'd say it's certainly not something we talk about you know, in general, we talk about pregnancy, like it can be a physically just like demanding process Mm. for the person who's carrying um, Sarah in this case. And, you know, people have all sorts of wildly different experiences in pregnancy. Like every, it seems like everyone, yeah, there's so much variation. I think overall we've been really lucky and had what's overall with a few little hiccups along the way, been a, been a relatively easy pregnancy, which I'm really grateful for. And it's still just like, there's just all sorts of stuff that Sarah can't do that she used to do. And I, I maybe thought in my head, I was prepared for like, oh, once we have the kid, there'll be all sorts of stuff we can't do anymore that we used to do. <laughs> and I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, and probably like the last few weeks before like the kid's born, you know, Sarah <laughs> will be so pregnant that like, you know, that we will have to like adjust or whatever. But I just hadn't baked in the like, oh, no, you have to adjust for a lot longer than that at least we've yeah. had to again i yeah. don't speak for anyone else's experience but i i think we're not atypical yeah i mean just like long walks with the dog are too much for her mm. now um there's just so many like her energy level in general is lower there's just she just has to do a lot less every day mm-hmm. um and so or else she just really burns herself out and feels pretty bad she's like you know already not sleeping very well most nights and then i'm not sleeping very well most nights so it's like probably from like four four and a half months in she's already not sleeping that well i'm like damn you have like five months of not sleeping well and then the kid comes like that oh, was... so is it supposed to just get worse and worse yeah 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 for oh, sure no, is... no. <laughs> yes as um, my sleep improves <laughs> yeah yeah stealing yeah. it from you guys yeah you can sleep for all three of us oh man <laughs> Um, so, so it's a, what did you call it? Sleep restriction? It's not (laughs) unintentional sleep restriction. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so, so yeah, that's been like, that's, it's really forced me to just adjust and be flexible and, you know, like always with these things, let go of the image of how I imagined something was going to be in my head and just like roll with what's actually happening, which, um, in, this instance in most instances I feel like it's always like a there's like that tough adjustment period where I have to like reckon with oh man this is not what I pictured or what I wanted like I thought we would still get to um even just little things like her you know part of me was like feeling like okay well we're about to have a kid so I'm gonna go off and do a million trips and like all this stuff that I'm not gonna be able to do right but like Sarah's not up for that stuff and she's also not super up for like me ditching her all the time while she's pregnant. Like, Oh yeah, I guess I could have anticipated that. So like, but you know, there's still some stuff I'd like to do because you know, life's about to change a lot. So, you know, that has had to have been like a whole give and take that we've worked out together. So, um, I think it's been, yeah, just that process of confronting, you know, reality versus expectations and just allowing reality to prevail (laughs) because fighting against reality does not, does not go well and i yeah, think it usually wins <laughs> yeah it usually wins yeah that's a good rule of thumb and um and what i'm grateful for in the process or, or one of the things i'm grateful for is i just i feel like it, it feels like a good teacher for me in terms of like parenthood i mean i can feel all the time you know and i think most probably expected parents have this you have all these like visions in your mind of you and your kid and what you're going to do together and you go to skiing, you go to baseball games, like whatever it, whatever it is that you imagine, you know, different people imagine different things. And I'm just, you know, and so I do that and it's fun to think about. And then in the back of my head, I always have the voice though. That's telling me, you know, you don't know how any of this is going to go. Like, you just don't know. You envision like you and your kid doing this together. Like kid might not be interested in skiing like kid right. might hate baseball kid just like <laughs> letting go of like the kid i mean god forbid like hopefully everything's healthy but like kids are born with disabilities that don't let them do some things i hope that's not what happens to us but if it anything's possible right like you just 
you, I think you just like imagine that a version of kid that's like old mini you or better version of you or, or just the version that you like fantasize about, but it's like, it's going to be just like, we're full humans that are just like, we are whoever we are. Like the kid is going to be a full human and they are whoever they are not who I or anyone else wants them to be. And so just like forcing myself now to at least hold that reality side by side with like the fantasy visions um, and, and excitement has been, has felt sort of right and helped me feel a little more balanced and grounded going through this. Nice. Yeah. That feels, that feels like a, another one of those lessons that we just have to keep learning over and over again. Yeah. Reality and expectation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think forever. I don't. I don't ever think there's going to be a version of it that I learned that's like, oh, right. that now you just check that lesson off. Yeah, the box, exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm curious. What has this whole experience? Um, how has it affected the dynamic between you and Sarah? You know, I was just. I was actually just. Uh, I stumbled across a clip from our old episode where we brought Sarah on uh, to talk about you guys' relationship. I think that was uh, Rose. Uh, Roses and Thorns. It had some, yeah, had some very poetic titles, our best yeah. title yet. And one of our best episodes, I think. If you're listening to this and you haven't heard it, I, I strongly recommend going back and finding that episode. Um, That's fun. But yeah, I was just like, was just watching and was just reflecting on how much I, I love the dynamic between you two and, and how, how I love your relationship and how it keeps evolving and growing. And I'm so curious to hear what this latest chapter has kind of, um, yeah, revealed itself that area yeah i think i would say that maybe the not shocking answer is there's been ways in which it's been awesome and then ways in which it's been hard of course maybe is the <laughs> recurring theme maybe we can pull an episode title out of that uh, duality yeah. somewhere in here totally um uh so ways in which it's been awesome i mean first of all the the like wanting of the kid and not sort of having it was just had become such a drag on our relationship in so many ways um because it was such a drag on us and especially on sarah um and just sort of day-to-day joy and happiness so i would say so like removing that has been an amazing upgrade um i think you know we're just we're like i'd say on the same level and aligned just with like an excitement about something that we're sharing now and are sharing together in the future. I think that, um, you know, that sense of sort of magic and awe about the process is we share. And that's just a beautiful thing to be able to share together. I mean, it's just really, it's just really, really fun. Um, and it's given us whole new sort of different things to connect over. Um, and, and, you know, pushed us to have some of these, um, like to have some of these conversations about things, you know, as, as reality and expectations collide, I just feel like we've navigated that together um, really well in a way that's like keeps making us stronger. Um, I think what's been, I guess what's been hard or another thing that's been different, maybe not hard yet, but just, I feel like part of the challenge of parenthood is that I've, heard a lot about and can envision is like you sort of become like co-CEOs of this enterprise you know, <laughs> of like enterprise, like keep child alive and raise child to be a happy, you know, healthy, wonderful human. Yeah. And, um, and so you just like a lot of relationship has like a more of a business like component where it's just like, you know, it's logistics and management and make getting right. this done and making this food and, and all that. And I feel like I can, all, I can feel that starting to happen a little bit. We're like just again so much of our conversation, our relationship now is just about like pregnancy and planning and kid and doctor's appointments and all this stuff. Um, that um, I think some of it is inevitable and healthy and great. Like it's not. I think maybe hard is not the right way to describe it, but I think there's 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 something that's shifted in terms of. Um, uh, like the relationship we used to have is not, I think is not gone, but is shifting. And I can, I can feel it sort of starting to shift in that, um, maybe that like sort of 
somewhat in that like co-CEO direction. And I'm like, oh, okay, what can we do to, you know, be okay with some percentage of that because it's needed, but also not have that sort of dominate our, uh, our relationship moving forward. So I, you know, I don't know the answer, but I'm, uh, I'm eager to find out. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you guys are entering a bit of a transition period in your life too right now. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be, that would be accurate. Yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. I'm yeah. excited for you guys. Yeah. It's thanks, man. I really, I appreciate that. And it's been, it's been fun just to have um, so many other people share in the joy along with us um, and just looking forward. Like, I feel like, I feel like I signed, I also have moments of uh, not terror is not the right word, but <laughs> <laughs> moments of like, what did I sign up for? Like, and I, you know, and I've wanted this for a long time. I'm really excited about it as I think is clear, yeah. but I will say there's moments. It feels almost like, I'm on a roller coaster, like the beginning part of a roller coaster, you know, when you're like going up and up and up and up, like towards the drop. But like, instead of a drop at the end, there's just like something that I don't even know mm. what it is. Like, I just can't even imagine what's on right. the other side of the <laughs> roller coaster, like apex. And like, it's such a weird thing to be, to feel strapped into this journey towards something just that feels completely unknowable. Like another thing I've found interesting is I've been, I've been really uninterested in like reading or trying to prepare or like research like parenthood oh, and how you do it well and all that. Like I think, which is weird. Cause like, you know, when I'm trying to figure out like what blender to buy, I'll spend like, you know, four hours, seven hours <laughs> researching yeah. deep in the weeds of Amazon reviews. But like, <laughs> uh, this is a little more important yet. I appear to not the research uh, part is not very active inside. Oh, wow, that's so interesting. And I'm sure there's a lot going on there, but the main thing that I'm conscious of the main reason driving that is I just feel like it's unpreparable. Like, I just feel like, it just doesn't seem like there's that much you could know. It just feels like something that has to be experienced to me. And so I'm just sort of leaning into. And when people like give you advice about it, it's the sort of thing where like everyone says the same thing and you can tell it's just a. until you've experienced it, it's just like a cliche. So it's like <laughs> it's like like any cliche, right. like you can have a profound experience that makes you feel like that cliche is like the most important thing in the world, but until you have that profound experience, it's just a cliche. So um, one person said to me, he says like, he summed it up in like one sentence. He's like, I found that I found that like having kids just taught me things about being human that I never could have learned any other way. I was like, Oh, that's a beautiful, a beautiful summary. Um, But yeah, I'm just sort of really into like, let it ride and like figure it out as I go. And you know, when I get stuck, just like call my mom or whatever. <laughs> I love that. That, that sounds great to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and parenting is just such, I mean, yeah, it's interesting. It's just, I, it feels so like individual to me, meaning I, I don't, I, I don't think it would be, super easy to just export like here's what here's what works for me and you know and this should work for you as well i just yeah i don't know it doesn't that yeah everyone has like the right way no you do it this right. way no you do that discipline way. discipline them like this like treat them like that don't you know give them compliments like that or whatever and it's like i just don't think there are any blanket rules for this because there's as many you know children as there are sets of parents it's just it's there it's just such a unique thing and, uh, and I just, I've always just felt that like, you know, who you are, um, is almost more important than what you do. Um, yeah. and this, I think this applies to a lot of areas in life, but I, I really feel that, that, that this applies to parenthood. You know, I'm not a parent myself, but I've had parents. I've also spent a lot of time going through therapy and like unworking things from my childhood. Um, and my parents are great. Um, but I, I've also have seen how, you know, no matter what they did, it was like, I still, you know, like 
so much of what formed me and shaped me was was not in the actions they took, but it was in like their characters and their their ways of perceiving the world and, and who they were. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I feel that, um, yeah, in your guys' case, like, I think the specifics of what you do, um, you know, will, will pale a little bit in comparison to just like how you two are both as individuals and as a, as a couple. And I'm, I'm just not worried at all yeah. about your parenting. Like, I just think both of you are such exemplary, authentic, and uh, wonderful human beings with such a healthy perspective on the world that um, I think uh, Baby Rose has a, has a good uh, good little like head start coming into this world. So <laughs> I appreciate that. I um I, I I like I agree. Like my instinct is also towards like it's much more about sort of who you are than, than any specific tactics you could do like as a parent. Um, let's, we can check back in in 20 years and uh, reassess. <laughs> we'll have, we'll have opinions, you get but, on the podcast. Really. Yeah. 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 They'll you tell us. Tell how us. Yeah. <laughs> Be some like crazy VR podcast by then. I just wish they, they focused on tactics more. Tactics. God, they up. just, yeah. It's a tactics, tacticless childhood, man. <laughs> <laughs> God, there was no system. They're always like changing their minds. Um, if only they read that one book. Um, but uh, but I, it's funny. I've I've actually because I I I really do agree with that. I have also felt like oh, now that like a kid's coming, I feel like the most important thing that's gonna support that kid, other than just you know some minor tactics here and there, is just like how like grounded I am how in touch with myself I am just like the web my level of just like personal clarity and wellness is just going to be um is going to be important and so I'm like okay if I'm going to do one thing now I'm going to try to work on that a little bit and you know it's not like oh there's like some deadline where I need to like get that right you know quote unquote and whatever it's it's a never-ending project but um um like this was the push for me to finally go back and start a little more therapy. Like a few months ago, I was like, okay, if I'm not going to do it now, like when am I going to do it? This is a good, <laughs> a good reason. Um, yeah. And so, and I, I think slash hope that um, like the kid being here also and just clarity, I think that like the better I am, like the better dad I can be, will will keep pushing me in that direction in a way that's like good for me, good for Sarah, good for our relationship, good for our, Hopefully, kids plural in the future. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a beautiful perspective. I love it. <laughs> it's gonna be interesting. Oh, it already is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, is. yeah, yeah. And yeah, I'm super stoked to to be an uncle finally in three months. In three months. Three wow. months. If yeah, yeah, that is the plan. But as we know, you know, <laughs> the kid will come when it wants to come. <laughs> right, right. We'll let we'll let reality lead and not expectations. <laughs> But yeah, man, very, very excited for you to be an uncle. This has been, uh, yeah, yeah. Oof, long time coming. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. Man, I got to Wow. I got to be the best uncle I can be now. <laughs> that, that's going to matter too. <laughs> Shoot. I got to set my game up. <laughs> Perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. Future. Uh, you can, uh, you can winter in Mexico together in the future. <laughs> hey, that may actually be in our future yeah. coming up soon, yeah. but We'll talk more about that later. <sighs> All right. Well, I guess that's a good as place to end it as any, right? Yeah. Yeah. This has been fun. I'm really happy that uh, that the the fully creative part of you, with either very tiny bits or zero of the ego part of you, was like, yeah, let's do a pod. That would be great. Because <laughs> um, this has been really fun to get back into. Yeah. Yeah. I. I'm, yeah, I've been really enjoying doing this again um, and no promises of any consistency in the future, but I don't know. I've been feeling a little bit more of a creative energy. I feel like it'd be kind of fun to, to get to get back into this a little more regularly. And, you know, and I just miss doing this with you. Like it's 50% of me doing this podcast is for the, like the fun of creating a podcast, but 50% is for the fun of hanging out 
my best friend Gabe. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> and those yeah. two fifty percent are both healthy and positive. I feel. Like. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully we'll get we'll get to to keep doing this and bring Alan along on the ride for some more guest appearances. Oh yeah, yeah. We already yeah we have a we have a show to to talk about <laughs> with Alan. That would be fun. Um. Yeah. I guess the main upshot for uh for the guys with feelings regulars out there is a uh, highly sporadic episode releases in the future. <laughs> you may yeah. get seven in one month. You may get one in three years, you know, right. It's just, you never know what you're going to get. It's, they might it's, be big things. There may be a child may have been born. Uh, Jamin may be off experimenting with some other crazy health stuff in another country. You just never know. So yeah. you better tune in and find out what happens next. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note, that brings us to the end of the show. <laughs> you can find all episodes of Guys With Feelings at guyswithfeelings.co. Shoot us an email at guyswithfeelingsshow at gmail.com. Music for the podcast is by Broke for Free. And if you want to help support us, uh, please leave us a review on the iTunes uh, apps or the podcast store. It, it helps a lot. So if you got anything of value from this conversation or you just enjoy uh, hearing our lovely voices, we would love a, a review. So that'll do it for this episode. Until next time, we hope everyone out there is able to embrace the lows, celebrate the highs, and appreciate the messy journey in between. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, everyone. Peace. Peace.